What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees, and welcome to week two of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2022 NFL season. So football is back, and that's where the good is. That's what the, that's the good thing that's happening. Um, and then there was sort of everything else that happened in week one. But we'll go ahead and we will talk about it and break it down here for you right now. Uh, week one was not a good week for yours truly. Five, ten, and one straight up picking the games. Upsets all over the place. I believe a half a dozen betting underdogs won their games straight up. Do you want to bet how many of those I had picked? None of them. So you know that's a bad week because I build upsets into my straight up picks every single week. So when there's a half dozen of them, I didn't get any of them. That means the four that I picked at the very least, I missed all those two. So there you go. <laughs> it was not a good week for yours truly straight up. Against the spread, a little bit better, seven and nine. So just, you know, one game under 500 and... I think one game I might have missed by like a half point and I think another half point here. So I was right on pace at least to be even money against the spread. Just didn't quite work out that way. I was even money though on the totals at eight and eight. So that's how you know it was a bad week, which is when my totals were at at least 500. So th this is kind of what I wanted to underscore about week one. Very excited that football is back. Obviously, like exceptionally excited that the NFL is back. I shouldn't say football is back. Football has been back for me for 14 weeks because I watch the good league that takes place up here in Canada. But the fact that NFL football is back is exceptionally good and exceptionally exciting. Here's the other side of that. Most of those games last week were not good football games. <laughs> They were exciting football games, and we were super happy to have NFL football that matters back on our TV screens for the first time since February. But everybody wears rose-colored glasses. Those were not good football games. <laughs> they just weren't. And it's not that's not speaking from a place of my personal picks. That's speaking from a place of just objectively watching the football games. A lot of teams, if this is your A1, a lot of teams are going to really struggle this year because obviously it wasn't the A1 for a lot of teams and we'll kind of talk about them here a little bit as we go. But that also kind of builds in what's super exciting about week two. Week two is arguably the most unique week of NFL picks on the entire schedule. And that's because you're sitting here having watched every team play in week one and you go, okay, what do I believe and what don't I believe? And that's kind of the context of week two. It's do you believe what you saw in week one or do you not believe what you saw in week one? And those decisions and the actual answers to those questions, whether week one was accurate or was just week one, those kind of tend to dictate what winds up happening by and large in week two. So that's why I think it's, it's arguably the most unique week of the NFL season and the NFL schedule. So obviously again, didn't do good straight up, did all right against the spread and over under the platinum gold, silver and bronze picks as usual, a reflection of the picks as a whole uh, bronze. I went two and one. So I'm okay with that. Uh, Tennessee bafflingly lost to the New York giants, but the chargers covered against the spread and the Bengals and Steelers stayed under. So I was two and one on that one. 
The silver and the gold pick, I was 0-3. I missed everything in there. Denver lost to Seattle and did not look good in doing it. Uh, San Francisco lost to Chicago. There was some weather-related shenanigans in that game, which I understood. But the Niners were firmly in control of that game until they had one play breakdown. It wound up being a huge game. Uh, was it a huge game or even a touchdown? I think it was a. It was Justin Fields' weird uh, improvisational touchdown pass that completely turned the tide of that whole game. So they were well in control there. Philly didn't cover against the spread. The Packers lost their game outright, so they didn't cover against the spread either. I had Seattle and Denver last night, 30 points in the first half, and they stay under on like a low 40. Insane. They came out in the second half and nobody wanted to score any points. I mean, Denver in general didn't want to score any points last night. I firmly believe they had no interest in winning that football game. I tweeted it last night. We get paid either way. That's kind of what it felt like watching the Broncos last night. And the Chargers and the Raiders failed to go over as well, which was probably the shock of week one for me. Like, take, take the upset picks totally out of it. The fact that the Chargers against the Raiders defense... And that new look Raiders offense didn't go over their point total. That was baffling to me. Platinum pick though, we did have good results there. 2-0-1 on the platinum pick. We had that weird tie between Indianapolis and Houston. But Baltimore covered against the spread. And the Titans and the Giants did stay under. Which was my favorite total play. So we're off to a good start on at least the favorites uh, from this season. Off to a good start in week one. Uh, blind Canadian Cat, Lions backdoor cover. That Yeah. That was it. I was like, okay, cool. Philly minus three and a half. That feels like a gift. And they're, they lead by as many as 17 in that game. And they wind up winning the game by three. So that's NFL football right there. Like that's just, I guess that's just the way it goes. So if we go back, we'll take a look now at the Bridgewater's finest straight up pick em pool with confidence points. Actually got a really good crew to start the season. We got up to 35 people before kickoff of the week one games. So that's great. If you didn't get a chance to get in, you still have plenty of time. You've only missed the first week. All the information to get that is in the description down below. So of the 35 people in that pool, I sit 31st. Great start to the season. 31st out of 35, I only brought in 46 of 136 confidence points uh, in week one. So that's barely over a quarter. It's like 33.8% or something like that. So definitely off to a poor start. However, shout out to our week one winner and de facto, the overall leader, Sean's picks. Sean goes 11, 4, and 1 straight up in week one, which seems just completely almost impossible to me but 11 4 and 1 a really great record brought in 86 of 136 confidence points it's good for about 63.2 percent uh usually the winner of this pool is hovering somewhere right around 70 so 63.2 is a good showing for week one and it was good enough for sean's picks to take the week one win and the early overall lead martin just got to love those upsets, except for some of us. Yeah, exactly. I look, I love upsets. I absolutely love upsets, but I love upsets even better when I can pick them correctly. Um, we got, we got some, we got some more upsets sprinkled into stuff today. Uh, blind Canadian cat, the Jags upset felt like a pick the community loved, but all should have realized we were being too hopeful on the Jags or just too negative towards DC. Yeah. There, you know what? There was a little smattering of both in there for sure. I think we looked at the, I think that was a game that you looked at. I, I know this is the way I looked at it. And I was like, okay, what team is getting plus money? Let's go with that. Let's let's just go with whoever, 
let's just go with whoever is the underdog in that game because it, it feels like an easy it feels like neither one of these teams deserve to be favorites over anybody else in the league so whoever's getting points here let's go with them and uh unfortunately to your point we all kind of got baited there martin justin you almost won the falcons upset yeah i know i'm starting to uh, now i know how chris feels right like now i know now i know what it's like to see the falcons get out to a big lead and just not be able to hold on to it it's that was that was it was heart it would have been heartbreaking if i was like a huge fan of the falcons but it wasn't a great um i mean it wasn't a great feeling one way or the other Speaking of not a great feeling, let's take a peek into Fantasy Corner, which is presented to you by the Dynasty Trade Calculator. Now, the Dynasty Trade Calculator is one of the absolute best resources available online for Dynasty, Keeper, and long-term fantasy football. You got trade evaluations, you got player rankings, there's podcasts from a bunch of great experts on that site. Doesn't matter how your league is configured. Do you have a tight end premium? Do you have a running back points per carry? Do you have a super flex, a triple flex? It does not matter. The Dynasty Trade Calculator has got you covered no matter what the layout and format of your league is, and it is going to help you win championships like it has done for me. My affiliate link to the Dynasty Trade Calculator is down in the description below to this episode and to this live stream, and for as little as $3.00. You can gain access to one of the absolute best resources online if you're dipping your toes into Dynasty Fantasy Football like I did low these many years ago, it feels. But the Dynasty Trade Calculator has got you covered for your long-term fantasy football needs. Use my affiliate link down below and get started for as little as $3. Now, it's not going to make the Dynasty Trade Calculator people look very good that I was winless <laughs> in week one in fantasy. And I decided what I'm going to do here for Fantasy Corner is I'm really only going to focus in on my two Dynasty leagues. And that being the Professionals Dynasty Fantasy Football, as well as the Anti and Co. New Dynasty Fantasy Football that we just had the startup for this. This is season one of that Dynasty League. So all this year, I'm just going to be focusing on my two Dynasty rosters. So in the Professionals Dynasty, I took the loss against Conrad, again, former champion in this league, starting off the season 0-1. And, and in Anti and Co. Dynasty, I had a big loss against Brian, who I, like I say, I believe is is Chris's brother or they're they're related in some way. So starting off the season 0 and 1 in both of those two important leagues, I have week 2 matchups against Rich. It's two different guys. They're both named Rich. And I have matchups against them in week two. So Rich is a former champion in the Professionals Dynasty Fantasy Football as well. And Rich, I have absolutely no idea about anything about him in the Ante and Co-Pool. Other than I believe he lost in week one as well. I am projected to win that matchup in Ante and Co. But I am projected to lose in the Professionals Dynasty. So I got my work cut out for me here in week two. Let's start turning this thing around. Uh, blind Canadian cat in the chat. I wish uh, Young Hoku's kick didn't get blocked. I wanted to see if he could hit that 63 yard. Yeah, me too. Well, and then you had like Danny McManus's last night from 64. Looked like it would have been good if it would have been. I think it had the distance. Uh, I think it was very, very close, but just couldn't keep it online. And I mean, look, I've never stood, you know, 64 yards back from an upright. And to even see what that looks like, much less to try to figure out like, how am I going to kick this thing and how am I going to actually get it between those two, uh, those two posts? So I've obviously never been there. I'm not going to criticize him too much, but I did like you. I really wanted to see if that, uh, if Koo had the leg to hit that kick. 
All right, I will take this opportunity now, as I always do, to let you know that in the description to the video, the VOD, this live stream, you're going to find all of my results from last week. You're going to find all my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week two in the NFL. Those will be on the VOD. You're going to find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pool, season 11, in fact, of the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pool. All that information in the description below. You're going to find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticator facebook page and you're going to find information on my great friends and sponsors right here ladies and gentlemen at nerd tees and nerdtees.ca is where you need to go in order to find dozens and dozens of incredible loose leaf matcha green tea black tea white tea orange tea all kinds of teas across the rainbow. You can find incredible, incredible loose leaf tea blends at nerdtees.ca. And if you use my promo code, which is BWFinest, that is going to save you 15% at checkout. You're also going to get free shipping in Canada on any order over a hundred bucks, which is excellent value these days. And if you're one of my American watchers or listeners, you're going to get a great conversion rate on the US dollar at nerdtees.ca as well. Today's blend is my all-time favorite. It's watermelon and oolong i absolutely love this it's a green tea blend you just it just smells like watermelon it's incredible to have a tea that smells just like watermelon and it's got real watermelon pieces in it it is a delicious cup whether it's hot or cold and you're going to find all kinds of great options just like this one at nerdtees.ca so nerdtees.ca promo codes BWFinest, get your free shipping, save your 15%, find yourself something to love, or find someone you love something to love. You can do it at nerdtees.ca. The voice was starting to crack on that one. I don't know whether you could tell or not, but the, uh, the voice was starting to go on that one a little bit. All right. So now we are going to go ahead and dive into our picks. Once again, I only got five right straight up, seven right against the spread, and eight right on the totals. So I got plenty to prove early on in the season here. And we are going to go ahead and get started here in just one second. We got Blind Canadian Cat again in the chat. Would you have gone for that fourth and five? 100%. 100%. Absolutely would have gone for it fourth and five. I hate to make it about the money, but you just paid this guy... What was it? $245 million over four years? And you're going to take the ball out of his hands. I don't... That doesn't make any sense to me. I can't... I thought about this a lot this morning, too. I can't make it make sense. It's got nothing to do with Brandon McManus. Like I say, I think Brandon McManus had the length to hit that kick. You don't take the ball out of the hands of the guy you just paid hundreds of millions of dollars or committed hundreds of millions of dollars to you just don't do it let him if it's fourth and five you know what we just paid you a ton of money go show us why especially with what they had two timeouts in the bag didn't they didn't they have two timeouts and they still decided to go for that kick to me it was just i don't know it it didn't make sense to me at all i, I certainly would not have done it there was enough time on the clock and with two timeouts i would have gone for it fourth and five all right, here we go. Time to kick things off here. Week two picks now coming at you. We are going to get started in Kansas City, an AFC West divisional matchup, the Chargers in town, LA in Kansas City. So again, a lot of this week's picks are going to be predicated on like, what do I believe from week one? Like, do I believe a lot of the stuff that we saw in week one? Do I not believe a lot of the stuff that we saw in week one? Um, I can believe that the Kansas City Chiefs are a 44-point offense. <laughs> I could, That I can definitely believe. Um, they, they looked 
phenomenal. Phenomenal in that football game. And so much of that, obviously, is Patrick Mahomes. He is so incredible. He is such a great quarterback. And, I mean, look, a lot of people were critical about them letting Tyree Kill go. I was critical of it as well. I'm probably still going to be critical of it until maybe about the quarter point of the season. And then we'll kind of see where we're at. But clearly, this Chiefs offense is still going to be able to move the ball exceptionally well. Chargers picked up the win last week, a division win, uh, 24-19 again against the Raiders. We mentioned that a little bit earlier. Um, That was about the performance that I expected, if not a little bit lighter, because I don't have a high impression of the Raiders defensively. So I'm kind of surprised that the Chargers didn't get to like 30 or like close to 30. But look, they did enough to win the football game, so that's definitely good. Both of these teams got out of these games relatively injury-free. There are some significant injuries, obviously, that we're going to talk about as we get to those games. Look, I, I firmly believe that the Chiefs and Chargers split their games this year. I firmly, firmly believe that. Based off of what I saw in week one, do I think the Chargers are going to go into Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs? I don't. So what I'm going to do is I am definitely going to take Kansas City here at home. I got Kansas City to pick up the win. These two teams will have to play each other again in LA. So that's probably one that I'm going to look at and say that the Chargers will probably do whenever that game happens to be. But based off what I saw last week, I just don't think the Chargers go in and get that job done. So we're going to go ahead and grab the Chiefs straight up at home in Arrowhead to beat the Chargers. Now, against the spread, you got to buy the extra half point. Uh, Right now it's Chiefs laying three and a half. And uh, that I don't like. That I think this is going to be a very, I think both of the games are going to be very close football games. I think the Chargers defense is probably even better than we saw them show against the Raiders. I mean, look, Devontae Adams ate them alive. But other than that, like they, and, and you know, they only put, they only allowed 19 points on the board. So that's a really good defense. And I think they're going to have a specific Patrick Mahomes related game plan and do as much as they can to sort of throw Mahomes off of his game. So I think these are going to be two very close football games. And right now I'm just not willing to buy the half point. So I'm actually going to take the three and a half points. It's not a great hedge, but I'm going to take the three and a half points on the LA Chargers, which also offers at least a little bit of protection if the Chargers do pull the upset win here. So I like the Chiefs straight up, but I'm going to take plus three and a half on the Chargers. Total in the game set at 54 and a half points. This was one of my easier plays of the week. Even though it is the largest total of the week, we're going to go over on that bad boy. Even though I think the over went 5 and 11 in week one. Not a ton of points scored. Uh, I saw a tweet that it was like uh, last year there were, I think, 720 some points scored in week one and this year it was like 640 so it's a pretty measurable decrease in the in those terms but i'm going to go over on it based on the two offenses that are here i think these two quarterbacks put on an absolute show and uh yeah we're going to go over on this one over 54 and a half in kansas city la and that is in fact my gold pick on my total so the gold pick is chargers chiefs over 54 and a half points. We're going to go Chiefs uh, 30, Chargers 28. So Chiefs 30, Chargers 28. Feels like a realistic final score there. It hits the over, but take the points with LA. By the way, folks, I hope the audio sounds fine. I hadn't, hadn't didn't get anybody to um, 
confirm that for me, but hopefully the audio on the live stream uh, sounds fine. We are going to move on to the New York Jets and the Cleveland Browns. Now, Cleveland got the job done in Baker Mayfield's revenge game against the Carolina Panthers. It looked good for most of it, and then for a little bit, it didn't look good, and then they wound up getting the win. I think they they drafted that kicker that kicked the game-winning field goal, I believe, and uh, I, saw, I saw an article that was just like, uh, they drafted this big kicker, and they're 1-0 because of it. I was like, well, I think they're 1-0 because of the way the rest of the team played as well, but they got the job done. Uh, I thought Carolina was going to win that game, so Cleveland went in. They got the job done as underdogs in there. Uh, the Jets were the Jets, but they also played an elite team. I think you saw in that game just how elite of a team the Baltimore Ravens are. They have elite playmakers on the defensive side. They have an elite quarterback. They have an elite uh, array of weapons on the offensive side. So the fact that the Jets only put up nine points against the Ravens, I, I can... I totally get it. Like I totally understand Uh blind Canadian cat. I don't want to talk about that game. <laughs> okay. Uh, my mind, right. Audio thumbs up. Fantastic. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, Martin, when the Panthers were held scoreless in the first quarter versus the Browns, I had a feeling they'd be in trouble in that game. Yeah. I mean, boy, it's, it's tough to get blanked in 25% of the game and come back. But that was the kind of game when you kind of thought that like shenanigans like that might happen. So it didn't shock me. But again, look, I genuinely believe that like the Jets are probably going to be a better team than they showed in week one. We're going to put it that way. So do I believe that the Jets are a nine point offense? No, I don't. Uh, do I believe that the Jets are a consistent defense that will allow 24 that seems relatively reasonable. Maybe they might even allow a little bit more than that. But I do think this Jets offense, even with Joe Flacco, has the ability to generate points and generate offense. They're going to get Zach Wilson back eventually. It might be this week. It might not be. But uh, against a team like Cleveland, where I don't know, I don't feel like Cleveland proved a whole heck of a lot to me in that game. Um I'm really tempted to take the Jets here straight up. Like I'm tempted to take the Jets as an upset play. And maybe people are going to look at that as uh, like, oh my God, um, how, how could you like, oh, what disrespect to the Browns? How much respect do they just anyway? Um, I think the Browns have like some true weapons for sure, but their offense has a specific ceiling. And I don't know that they're going to shoot much above what they showed us in week one. Whereas I do believe the Jets are capable of going well beyond what we saw from them offensively in week one. They just kind of ran up against a team that I think is a buzzsaw. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to go ahead and grab the Jets here as an underdog play, a rule of four play, if you will, which of course, I, I, I tweeted a gif of it. it. It's the one thing in this life that I truly believe in and can rely on of course the rule of four hit what a what a shock to everybody right i'm going to take this as an upset play as a rule of four play i'm going to grab the jets on the road outright to pick up the win over the cleveland browns which also means where cleveland is laying six and a half points cleveland is not a team that you lay nearly a touchdown on you just don't i don't really care who they're playing they're not that team so no, definitely, uh, 
definitely not doing that no matter how you think this game is going to go laying six and a half points is not the way to go on cleveland so i'm more than happy to grab plus six and a half because i'm taking the jets to win the thing outright total in the game is set at 40 and a half points this is another pick for me on my platinum gold silver and bronze with my totals and we're going to take the over on this one it's a play on the number but again it's a play on two teams that i think can play some sloppy defense so to try to keep them combined under 40 and a half i just don't see it so we're going to make this one the silver pick on the totals uh jets and browns to go over 40 and a half points let's go new york 23 cleveland 21 the bizarro continues jets win outright in cleveland uh, we got John in the chat. Trade away Lamar and Deontay for Najee and CD. No. No, definitely don't do that. Um, Najee's nursing a foot injury. Uh, CD just lost his quarterback for probably eight to ten weeks. Um, no. <laughs> if you have Lamar and Deontay, don't do that. Uh, that's uh, there are very few things that i will say objectively about fantasy football that's one of them don't don't do that that that's bad move don't do that uh andrew warren sorry i'm late justin i think cleveland may beat out the jets totally understandable i mean they're, they're a heavy favorite they're supposed to beat the jets i just don't think they're going to so let's go to another one that's a really interesting matchup here washington in detroit to take on the lions washington got the win against you know, what would be considered low competition last week in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Detroit was getting blown up by the Philadelphia Eagles and came back and came back and came back. Sure, you can call it garbage time, but they still got that job done and only lost that game by three. So sucked for me because I bought the extra half with Philadelphia. I think the Eagles defense got a little lazy there, but kudos, kudos to Detroit for not it would have been very easy for Detroit to just kind of turtle and just kind of give up. And they didn't do that. So I think they deserve props for that. That's a Motor City Dan Campbell team right there, not willing to give up the GOAT, even when they were down as many as, I think, 17 in that game. Uh, look, both of these teams scored 28 points or more last week. Do I think that's real? No. <laughs> I definitely do not think that that is what these two teams are going to be doing regularly throughout this season so definitely don't think the offensive upside there is real i think it's a reflection of the opposition that they were playing as well as you know the script of the game you definitely had an eagles team that took their foot off the gas defensively and kind of allowed detroit to get back into that thing they did still execute but it was you know six of one half dozen of another on that one so do i think that's real i definitely don't and I think that's actually reflected in the total in this game because the total's 49 and a half. That's a really high total. Yes, these teams can score points, but it's almost a 50 on two teams that I think are considered to be not very good. So spoilers on this one, I'm under on the point total. This is another one of those games that I kind of looked at and I was like, okay, who's taking points? right? Who's, who's taking the plus money. And in this one, it is Washington, Washington on the road here. They're a point and a half dog. So I'm like, okay, do I just say, LOL, take the points or do I, you know, look at, is there a reason that this one team is favored even marginally over the other one? I'm going to go ahead and lean on Motor City, Dan Campbell and the Lions here. I don't love uh 
obviously what I saw, some of what I saw in week one, I think maybe that was week one jitters a little bit. I do think Detroit's going to be a better team in their own building this year than they will be on the road. I don't necessarily know that they're a team that's going to travel very well. But I'm going to go ahead and lean on uh, lean on Dan Campbell here and the Detroit Lions because I did definitely see some really good things out of their offense, some good utilization from certain guys. I, I'm going to take the Lions here. Let's take the Lions straight up at home to get the win over Carson Wentz and the Washington Commanders. So where I'm doing that, uh, Detroit favored by a point and a half. I like them to win. It's a very small price to pay. I'm going to lay the point and a half on Detroit, and we're going to be under the 49 and a half point total in Washington and Detroit, so much so that the first three games this week are one of my top four picks, one of my platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks with the totals. This one's actually going to be my platinum pick. My platinum pick is Washington and Detroit staying under 49 and a half points on the totals. Let's go Detroit 24, Washington 20. Detroit gets the win in their own barn. Uh, let's see here. Uh, da, 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 working on my video. Now I think the Washington Commanders may take the NFC East due to Dak Prescott's injury. Uh, that division's going to be wide open now. I still, I even before Dak was hurt, I still think Philly's the best team in that division. But then, yeah, some of the stuff that we saw from their defense uh, in Week One not exactly the greatest. Uh, Martin, I'll also take the Lions. I like them as a team, also. Yeah, and again, some of that's from Hard Knocks. But now we've actually seen. 60 minutes of game film on them and how they're going to play and the kind of attitude that they're going to bring into football games, even when they're losing them by multiple possessions. Attitude means a lot in pro sports. So now that we've seen it at least once, I do feel a little more confident and that's kind of helped me lean on them this week. All right, let's go to New Orleans now. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers in town to take on the New Orleans Saints. This is back-to-back -back road games for Tampa Bay, who are just coming off of that win in Dallas, the aforementioned one where Dak Prescott got hurt. And, oh boy, it's Cooper Rush from here on out for the Dallas Cowboys for at least the next eight weeks. Woof on that one. And, look, that's nothing against Cooper Rush, but you line Cooper Rush and Dak Prescott up next to each other. I don't care what... Uh, Shannon or Skip says those two are not the same. Uh, Tampa won that game 19 to three. I think it was 19 to three. So obviously a, a defensive spectacle where they were really able to take advantage of the fact that the uh, the lions, the Cowboys offensive line was kind of in shambles a little bit, but they were definitely able to feast on that. Tom Brady coming back for what will almost certainly now be his last season. But now that's one of those things like, clip that and replay it in a year when he decides to come back and take one more or one more kick at the can. Um, New Orleans, they got the job done. The aforementioned game against the Atlanta Falcons. They win that game by one 27, 26. And uh, you know, I, boy, they didn't look good for a lot of that game for a lot of that game. Atlanta was kind of serving them their lunch, weren't they? And the definitely looked like the Falcons were on their way to that upset. And then they did Falcons things. Blind Canadian Cat, have to dip for work. Good luck on the picks. Thank you very much for popping in. Appreciate it very much. So, division game. Not always the easiest ones to grab, of course. Between these two teams, I think the Saints are a, like, a wild card threat. I definitely think they're a threat to make the playoffs. I think Tampa is still the favorite in this division. I do think Tampa goes into New Orleans and gets this win. 
And I do also think there's a good chance New Orleans can go to Tampa and get it back on them. So I am going to go with Tampa Bay in this game. Um, I really, obviously really liked what I saw from them, even though they are on the tail end of back-to-back road games, which is a thing, will be a thing that we talk about again this year. If you didn't like it in years past, that's too bad. So it is definitely a thing, and it is back-to-back road games. But we are going to go ahead and lean on the Tampa Bay Bucks here. Tampa gets the win in New Orleans against Jameis and the Saints. Now on the line, New Orleans is taking two and a half points here as a home dog. I like Tampa to win. It's a relatively small price to pay. I'm going to go ahead and lay the two and a half points on the Buccaneers. I think that defense is for real. Total in the game is set at 44 and a half points. And based on the fact that that defense is for real, and I think these are two defenses who are both very good tampa certainly didn't like the scoreboard on fire and chris godwin's dealing with that uh soft tissue hamstring injury i believe it was i'm gonna lean under on this one i think it's a low scoring competitive football game let's stay under 44 and a half points in new orleans tampa bay let's go bucks 21 saints 17 bucks get the win bucks cover stays under the point total Andrew, I agree on Tampa winning against New Orleans. I think New Orleans is plus. Have, have as the has that line risen to three? I double checked them about maybe an hour ago, and there was some movement from last night. Has that line moved up to three? I'd still lay the three points on Tampa, even if it is um, even if it is to minus three. Let's go to New York now. Carolina and the New York Giants. The surprising winning in week one. New York Giants, a twenty-one to twenty victory over the Tennessee Titans, where they made. A play that, like, I should love. I should love this play from the end of the game, saying, screw it, I'm not playing for overtime. I'm playing to win. And they get the two-point convert, and then Tampa, uh, Tennessee misses the kick because I knew Tennessee would miss the kick. And uh, New York winds up winning the game outright. It's a play I should love because it's a play that spits in the face of the analytics. Because the analytics say kick the extra point and take your chances in overtime. So I should love it because I've been exceptionally critical of analytics uh, and how analytics are overused these days in sports discourse. But I didn't. I didn't love it because, boy, when you're the Giants, boo, gambling like that, man. This is a team that needs wins. And needs to play sound, smart, effective football. You saw bits and pieces of it in this game. Like they had a good football game. But if it were me, I would have kicked the extra point there and taken my chances in overtime. If you go into overtime, lose the coin toss and lose by six, you lose by six. Like, but I think it was the right, I think it was still the right choice to kick the extra point rather than go for two. But hey, Dayball went and did it. And they got the job done and they picked up the win. Andrew, yes, Tampa is favorited by three. I'd still lay the three points on Tampa. I'd still feel fine with that. Uh, Carolina, again, the aforementioned game against the Cleveland Browns. I thought Baker looked pretty good in general. I think think he did still throw a pick somewhere in there. But in general, I thought he looked good. And boy, it was kind of looking like he was going to lead a comeback there. And that they were going to get the win. And it just wound up falling a little bit short. Uh, Cleveland, they just, it was one of those games where the team that had the ball last was going to win. And that just wound up being Cleveland. I don't think Baker has anything to, uh, feel sad about in that performance. So he's going to come in against a very beatable. I think the giants defense is very beatable. 
I think uh, somehow Tennessee just did that thing that Tennessee did, which is played down to an opponent. I think this Giants defense is very beatable, and I think Carolina is going to do exactly that. So we are going to go ahead and we are going to grab the Carolina Panthers on the road in New York to beat the Giants. And why that might be a little notable is the Giants are actually favorites here. The Giants are laying two and a half points as the home favorite. I like Carolina to win, so I'm definitely taking the Panthers plus that 2.5. That's another upset rule of four pick, our second of the day. Total in the game set at 42 and a half. I think this is probably a play on the number. Both of these teams got to at least 21 in their game last week. I could see that reasonably happening again. I think we're going to go ahead and take the over on this one. Over 42.5 points in Carolina, New York. Let's go Panthers 24, Giants 21. Carolina gets the upset win. Take the 2.5 points. Total goes over. We're on to Pittsburgh now and the no longer Heinz Field where Pittsburgh Steelers will play host to the New England Patriots. And this is the first game where we really have to talk about some injury context. And it's on both sides heading into this game. Obviously, the real notable one for Pittsburgh is TJ Watt. Um, Pittsburgh had a litany of injuries coming out of that uh, week one game against Cincinnati. But the biggest one, obviously, is TJ Watt. Feared to have had a torn peck but they think he might be able to avoid surgery, which boy, if you tore your pec, have the surgery, man. <laughs> like I wouldn't want to risk not having the surgery, not having it heal properly. And then all of a sudden it's a problem for you for the rest of your career. That's, that's a problem for me and a player that's as young and as like game breakingly talented as TJ Watt is. I, I would I would want I'd be wanting to have the surgery if I were him. But if he thinks he can get by without it, you know, athletes are are weird that way. So I can I, I can totally get it. Uh, the Patriots on their side, it's Mac Jones and uh, Mac uh, claimed to have suffered a back injury, was having back spasms in the Week One loss against Miami, and they think he's going to be good to go. But I wouldn't be shocked if Mac Jones is not a hundred percent here. And that to me is the real, uh, is the real Achilles heel here. I didn't think the Patriots, aside from like their first two drives, I didn't think the Patriots offense looked great. And I don't think Miami's defense are a group of killers. You know what I mean? Like, I think Miami's defense is beatable and I didn't really see the Patriots do that with any level of consistency. They moved the ball really well in like the first quarter. And then I think that was when Mac was starting to struggle a little bit. And from there, I just didn't see too much special come out of their offense, either running the ball or throwing the ball. So that's going to be a real problem for the Patriots. And it was, a, they thought the offense was going to be a problem coming out of the preseason. <sighs> You know, despite the TJ Watt injury, they have other players, other guys on that defense who are playmakers and who could generate some turnovers, assuming, you know, everybody else is kind of healthy and in the game other than TJ Watt. Yes, TJ Watt's a massive game breaker, but he's not the only playmaker on that defense. I'm going to go ahead and grab the hometown Steelers. It's a little influenced, of course, by the fact that it is in Pittsburgh. But yeah, I'm going to grab the hometown Steelers here. Let's take Pittsburgh at home to get the win over the New England Patriots. Now, uh, against the spread, Pittsburgh's actually taking a point and a half here as a marginal home dog. Uh, we're going to go ahead and grab that point and a half because I like uh, Pittsburgh to win this game outright. 
total in the game set at uh let's see total in the game is 40 and a half i wouldn't be surprised to see this in the high 30s by the time it kicks off especially if like max gonna come into the game with the questionable tag which i have to assume he probably will i wouldn't be shocked to see this number come down but we're gonna grab the over on it right now over 40 and a half i don't think it flies over but it, this is a play on the number as much as anything else over 40 and a half points in New England, Pittsburgh. Let's go Steelers 27, Patriots 17. And the only reason I'm going Steelers 27 is I think there's some turnovers that are going to tie into this. It's not that I think the Steelers are necessarily a 27 point offense, but like a pick six or a scoop and score, I think the Steelers defense generates a scoring play. So that's why I'm going up to 27. Uh, let's see, Andrew, I was impressed with Baker Mayfield last week. No shame in losing with a performance like that, especially if it's your, where it's your former team. I can see him in Carolina, uh, upsetting New York giants. And then Martin, I didn't know Tua was four and against the Patriots. Yeah. I came upon that stat at one point and it kind of shocked me too, that Tua had never lost in new England. Uh, Andrew, I heard Mac will be playing this week. I feel TJ Watt's a huge loss for Pittsburgh. I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots win under 40. I think Patriots win 13 to 10. You know, that's it's a possibility, but I think, didn't the Patriots also lose um, Phillips in the secondary? Didn't he have a soft tissue injury too? That would be a big loss for their secondary to, if you're talking about a defense trying to keep a team to 10 points or under, you want everybody firing there. So if he's not a hundred percent, that might be a, a tall task as well, but neither one of these offenses I think are going to be particularly good. Let's go to Jacksonville. Now another division matchup, Indianapolis in town, Indy on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games off of that somewhat baffling 20 to 20 tie against the Houston Texans. So look, second straight, um, second straight division game here uh, for Indianapolis is not the greatest way uh, to start the season. And uh, look, I think everyone had very high hopes for the Colts, and I think maybe those high hopes might have gotten you know measured just a little bit um, off of that performance for them last week. Jacksonville looked like they had sort of kind of completed the comeback. Jacksonville looked like maybe they were on their way to get that upset win. Couldn't hold on to it. Lost by six uh, against Washington. I, I got to lean Indianapolis here. Like, I mean, if, if Indy's not, if they're going to tie Houston, boy, they better be able to beat the Jags. Cause if they can't, this Colts team is going to struggle to be a playoff contender. If they're, losing or not winning games like that that they very much even though they are division games they very much should be winning i think it's going to be a, a tough road for them especially in the afc so i got i gotta lean on the colts here even though again it is the tail end of back-to-back -back road games again just like it was with the tampa bay bucks let's go ahead and grab the colts on the road in clanton as pat mcafee uh, the pat mcafee show likes to call it avenge that week 17 loss from last year that cost the colts the playoffs i think this is a revenge game for a lot of guys on that roster i think they get the job done let's take the colts now on the line jacksonville four and a half point dog at home i was kind of tempted on this line at first glance but then i remembered again the, the, the week 17 performance last year and yeah, boy, I'm going to lay the four and a half points on Indianapolis here. I think the Colts cover, I think the Colts probably win this game by, a, you know, a touchdown or more. So I should feel fine laying the four and a half so much. So I'm actually going to make Colts minus four and a half, my bronze pick 
against the spread this week. So Indianapolis minus four and a half points. Total in the game set at 46 and a half. I feel really good about the under on this one. I think the Colts defense comes to play in this game. And um, that spells bad news for Trevor Lawrence. We're going to stick well under the 46 and a half point total here. So much so that Indianapolis Jacksonville under 46 and a half is my uh, bronze pick on my totals. And that is my fourth and final platinum, gold, silver, and bronze play uh, on the totals in week two. So under 46 and a half points in Indianapolis, Jacksonville. Let's go Colts 24, Jags 13. Let's go to the chat now. Uh, uh, Gorian, I like the Steelers. Uh, Andrew Warren, he's questionable. That being uh, Mac Jones, no news on Phillips yet. Uh, Gorian comes back. That tie was dumb. I'm a Colts fan. Frank Reich is terrible as a head coach. I think Frank Reich has talent. It might just be as a coordinator. Because wasn't Frank Frank Reich like the quarterback whisperer at one point? So, I mean, maybe as a quarterback's coach or a coordinator, he may be a better fit than a head coach. Andrew Warren, get rid of ties in the NFL. I think Jacksonville will upset the Colts. How you feel Pat McAfee leaving WWE for being college football analyst in ESPN? Let's talk about this very, very briefly. Um, so Pat McAfee was doing uh, commentary on wwe smackdown on fridays and pat mcafee i think is one of the better color commentators that the wwe has had in a long time wwe has had a commentary problem for a long time and pat mcafee was such a breath of fresh air on that commentary team so as a fan of pro wrestling it sucks to have Pat not in that booth on a weekly basis anymore for him personally, college game day to do that for, I think he signed on for two years to do college game day. Uh, that's a fantastic opportunity for him. And I can't wait to see what he does with it. Uh, I think it was great. I think it's great for him to be doing that. I wish he was still in, uh, in WWE. Um, but, uh, you know, he's, he hasn't left the WWE family. He will certainly still be there. But uh, just not during the season for college game day. Uh, let's go to Baltimore now. Miami in Baltimore taking on the Ravens. Obviously, Baltimore had a big win in week one. And Miami had a big win in week one as well. So these are two teams that come into this game with momentum. Have to be feeling fairly good about themselves. Beat up on an AFC East opponent that maybe isn't necessarily uh specifically on their level. And maybe I might be talking out of school here for the Patriots. But uh both of these teams have to come into this game feeling pretty good, feeling like they have a lot of momentum. Um, Baltimore did have some minor injury issues in that game. I think, uh, I'm trying to remember the name. The names have completely lost me now. So the Baltimore side of things, they're definitely hurting a little bit. I think they lost somebody on the offensive line, and then I think they also lost somebody in their secondary. The person in the secondary i think they might have lost for the season maybe if if memory serving me correctly so they are a little beat up but i think this is still i think this is an elite football team in the nfl and i think i saw enough in that Miami. i watched the whole first half of that miami new england game before i moved on to another one and miami did some good things and then they also did some baffling things on the offensive side. And I think where they were kind of playing against an injury related lame duck quarterback for a good portion of that game, they ain't playing against that this week. They're playing against Lamar Jackson. I'm very heavily 
on the Baltimore Ravens this week. Let's grab Baltimore at home to pick up the win over the Miami Dolphins. So much so that Baltimore over Miami is my platinum straight up pick this week. Very heavy on the Baltimore Ravens in their own barn. Let's take Baltimore to beat Miami. Against the spread, Baltimore's laying three and a half points as the home favorite. So you got to buy the hook here. You got to buy the extra point if you want it. I'm going to go ahead and buy it. Baltimore minus three and a half. So much so that that is my silver pick against the spread. So I like Baltimore big time to win the game is my platinum straight up. And laying the three and a half points is my silver pick against the spread. Uh, total in the game set at 43 and a half points. I think both of these teams probably get to 20. Uh, and I think Baltimore's got an outside shot to get this thing to 30. So I got to go ahead and take the over on the point total here. Let's go over 43 and a half points. This total is coming down because it was 44 and a half last night. We're going to grab the over here uh, in Baltimore, Miami. Let's go Ravens 23, Dolphins, or sorry, Ravens 30, Dolphins 23. Uh, you also know how to pronounce my name perfectly. How salute to you. Um, you know what? Honestly, it was kind of a guess, but if I'm OCD about anything, it's getting people's names right. That really, like, that really bugs me when I get somebody's name wrong. So, like, I'd rather, I'll try it and then I'll get how it's supposed to be pronounced and then I will change it because I, I really want to get people's names right. So, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> no problem. Uh, Andrew, that huge loss for WWE losing Pat has a big problem in broadcasting. Yeah. I, the broadcasting is getting better. It will be getting better. That was a Vince McMahon thing. So the broadcasting is definitely getting better. Andrew, don't be surprised if Miami loses this week. They usually lose after they beat the Patriots. Is that a thing? Is that like a, a, a fairly consistent thing? That's interesting. And Martin, good platinum pick, Justin. Appreciate it, Martin. Thank you so much. All right, let's move on now. Atlanta in Los Angeles to take on the Rams. The Rams come into this game, obviously, on the long week, having gotten kind of embarrassed by the Buffalo Bills on Thursday Night Football to open the NFL season for 2022. That was, what, 31-10, to 10, I think it was. They've had to sit on that loss for 10 days. By the time this game rolls around, they'll have been sitting on that loss for 10, ga 10 days. And as the defending Super Bowl champions, I get the feeling that they're probably going to take those frustrations out on, um, on, on the Falcons. Because look, I thought it was awesome that the Falcons offense looked really, really good for a good portion of that game. And then they got to a certain point where they couldn't put any more points on the board. And that's a, that's a problem. That's a big time problem. You got to play four quarters when you're playing pro football. It doesn't matter if it's NFL, CFL, XFL, arena football. If you're playing pro football, you got to play four quarters. And if you can't do that, you're putting yourself in a tough position. So as much good as I thought they did, uh, they gave a lot of that goodwill back, I thought, late in that game. And I think they're just going to run into a buzzsaw here. So definitely on the Rams very heavily this week. Let's take L.A., in LA to get the win over Atlanta. I'm doing a better job this week, I think, of um, sp spacing out my water. Because <laughs> that was something, that was a finding from after the show last week. Uh, on the line, the Rams are laying 10.5 points here as a home favorite. I don't like double-digit spreads, but I think I'm going to lay it. Because I, I genuinely think the Rams are going to get into the mid-30s. 
And I think that defense has something to prove here as well. So if Atlanta gets to 20, I think it's going to be barely. So I got to go ahead and lay the 10 and a half points here. I don't love it, but I'm going to lay the 10 and a half. Totaling the game set at 47 and a half points. I think this gets into uh, the 50s. So I feel pretty darn good about going over on this one. Over 47 and a half in Atlanta, Los Angeles. Let's go Rams 34, Falcons 20. Rams get the win. They cover the 10 and a half and the total goes over. Uh, Gorian, 100% right. I almost thought you're from Macedonia. Well, you know what? It's funny. I, I've had a lot of experience like speaking to Europeans and Eastern Europeans, Western Europeans. Uh, I watched, uh, consumed a lot of European television. So maybe that helps. And I think it also helps being a fan of hockey because boy, you got hockey players from all over the world and you hit some really interesting pronunciations of, of names uh, from hockey players from all over the world. So I think that's probably it. Um, so, but no, again, it's, it's, I got a thing with names. So I just, I like to, uh, I like to get them right. A CFL show this week, hundred percent. That'll probably be up tomorrow. I, I do have to work tomorrow. So I may actually wind up recording the CFL show tonight, uh, but it'll be uploaded probably early tomorrow morning. Uh, but up, but up, but up, but last meeting. This is from Martin last meeting between Rams and the Falcons. The Rams won 37 to 10 back in 2019. We like that. That's definitely going to help. Uh, let's see. Let's move on to Seattle and San Francisco. What an interesting game this is going to be. Because again, I mentioned it earlier in the episode. I thought San Francisco was so in control of that game for so long against Chicago. And then at some point just couldn't move the ball anymore. And look, they were missing George Kittle. So that does matter. It is important. Um, but boy, I would have thought that they would have been able to hold on to that. Now, on the other side of that, Seattle, that offense looked pretty good last night. Um, I don't know if it was a reflection of the Broncos defense not being as good uh, as maybe we thought it was going to be, or Geno Smith is just kind of that guy, and we all underrated him. It was also, they're riding a big emotional high, playing Russell Wilson again. So everybody was up and to up to play their best in that game. So... Do I fully believe that that's going to be the Seattle team that we see all year? Probably not, but they definitely got the job done last week and, or last week, last night and, and held a really good quarterback to some really pedestrian numbers. So good for Seattle. They're not going to have to play a really good quarterback this week. Um, but there is a pretty good chance that they might be without Jamal Adams for a long time. Uh, he got hurt. He got carted off last night. A knee injury that also showed some quad damage, I believe. So I don't think you're going to see Jamal Adams in that secondary for a long time. And that is a big hit to a Seattle Seahawks defense that's going to need every little bit, I think, that they are going to be able to muster this year to make up for what will probably be something of a lacking offense over the course of a full season. Now on the plus side, uh, for Seattle anyway, with the Niners, you don't really know if you're going to get George Kittle this week. Plus, they're going to be without Elijah Mitchell. It looks like Elijah Mitchell is going to be gone for a couple of months. Uh, I believe he sprained his MCL. Man, that guy is just one of those guys. you got a list of guys in the NFL, but my God, none of them can stay healthy. And Elijah Mitchell has immediately put himself on that list, unfortunately. So 
their their backfield's going to be without him for some time. So I think we're looking at probably a low scoring divisional matchup, probably a pretty close game. Um, they got a pretty good number though. They got a pretty beatable number at 42 and a half on the total. So it'll be kind of interesting to take a look here. I top to bottom. I think the Niners are the better football team. If everybody is at a hundred percent, the Niners are a better football team. They're also playing the game at home. I'm going to take San Francisco here, but they are favored by way too much. So taking San Francisco straight up, but I'm taking the plus eight and a half with the Seattle Seahawks. First of all, they win this game outright. Second of all, eight and a half points in a division matchup where you got injuries on both sides doesn't make any sense to me at all. So taking the plus 8.5 on Seattle. Total in the game is 42 and a half points. Again, exceptionally beatable total. I think a realistic score for this game is like 24-23. Like I think this is going to be a close game. So if I go 24-23, I have to go over on it, even though I don't think it's going to be an offensive um, clinic by any means. We're going to go over the number, play on the number, over 42.5 points in Seattle, San Francisco. We're going to go Niners 24, Seahawks 23. By the way, I didn't mention when I was talking about it, but the Rams over the Falcons is actually my silver pick straight up. So Rams over Falcons, my silver pick straight up in week two. Andrew, I was very impressed with Seattle's defense last night. I agree with the pick. I think San Fran Seattle will be a close game taking Seattle plus eight and a half, but San Fran straight up. I disagree. I think it was like 20, 20 to 19 score on the under, but it could very well be. That could be an absolute defensive clinic on both sides and it doesn't get to it. It's just man, 42 and a half is such a beatable number. So. That's the way I'm a lean on it. <clears throat> Cincinnati and Dallas now. Um, this could be one that if you really wanted to grab Dallas as a dog play, I think they might have even been a dog if the Dak injury hadn't happened. Boy, I don't think you can do it now. Um, I might be, I'm, I guess I'm just so low on Cooper Rush because I just, we haven't seen enough of him or virtually any of him. I guess we just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm very low on Cooper Rush's ceiling with this offense. I think it's a big hit to everybody on their offense with the exception of Zeke Elliott. Other than the fact that their Zeke is going to be seeing eight guys in the box now consistently, probably for the rest of the season, or at least until Dak gets back. Um, Cincinnati, they uh, were very close to pulling up uh comeback. I don't want to call it an upset, but it kind of felt like it at certain points in that game. Joe Burrow is that guy. Joe Burrow is a guy, obviously. If it wasn't obvious at this point, should be obvious now. Joe Burrow is a guy. Cincinnati is never out of a football game if Joe Burrow's the quarterback. Um, obviously, we got to talk about the Dak injury. Um, two straight plays, kind of, where he gets his hand hit. Surgery on his thumb. Probably going to be out eight to ten weeks at minimum. So... It's just, it's, it, you can't, un, you can't undersell how crippling that is for the Dallas Cowboys. It's absolutely like, it's, it's, it's crippling. It's crippling for them to lose him at quarterback. So we're definitely going to be on the Bengals in this game. I'm gonna, probably going to be fading Dallas. 
uh, rest of season maybe until Dak comes back, unless they really show me something spectacular in one of these games. Going to go with Cincinnati on the road in Dallas to get the win over the Cowboys, so much so that Cincinnati over Dallas is my bronze pick straight up. Now, against the spread, Dallas is taking six and a half points here as a home dog. I'm going to be laying the six and a half points on the Cincinnati Bengals. I think a win by a touchdown is more than reasonable here. So much so that Cincinnati minus six and a half points is my platinum pick against the spread this week. Cincinnati to cover minus six and a half. Uh, total in the game set at 43 and a half. I got to stay well under this one because I don't know what in the world I'm going to get from Dallas's offense now with Cooper Rush at quarterback. We're going to go under 43 and a half points in Cincinnati, Dallas. Let's go Bengals 20, Cowboys. We'll give them seven. Uh, let's see. We got uh, Andrew in the chat again. The Bengals are very upset about that loss against Pittsburgh, as they should be. And they will take that out on Dallas. I think that's probably realistic. I think that's probably true. Now, I don't like to do this, folks, but I've just got to hop off screen for two seconds. I will be right back, and then we will continue. We've got uh, four picks left to go. We got some couple of picks in the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze coming up here as well. Give me two seconds. I will be right back. Sorry, we got five five games left to go. I thought it was only four, but we've got five. Let's go to Denver now. The Broncos going to play host of the Houston Texans. Houston, obviously, drink plenty of nerd teas. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Andrew. Um, so we've got the Denver Broncos at home playing host of the Houston Texans. Houston and Dougie Mills damn near pulled off a huge upset in week one, but it wound up a tie 20 to 20, much to the chagrin of probably most Colts fans that exist on the planet. Um, so look, it was... It was an up and down performance, obviously for both of those teams, but it was an up and down performance for Houston. Um, I think 20 and 20 is relatively consistent with what they're going to be a lot of the year. Um, their defense, I don't think is great. I think a better offensive performance than what we saw out of the Colts would have taken better advantage of that and probably would have beat Houston in that game. Um, Denver um, didn't love the offense. Really didn't love the defense last night. I thought the defense was Swiss cheese. Like Seattle was doing almost whatever they wanted. And I was like, where's the resistance? This is supposed to be a good defense. Like, where is it? I'm not seeing it. And I didn't see it for the vast majority of that game, even though they only gave up 17 points. Um, so kind of scared there for Denver. Denver is uh, obviously on a short week, having just played last night. This is not an easy, this is not an easy pick for me. This felt like this should be a layup. Don't you think? Like, shouldn't this just be a, like one of the easier picks that you're going to make all week? It really feels like it should be. Actually, I forgot to mention with San Fran and Seattle, obviously Seattle's going to be playing on a short week as well because they just played last night. But this does feel like it should be such a layup. Where are the games in Denver? Let's, let's play it like this. This is going to be the put up or shut up performance for the Denver Broncos. They either are that team or they're not. And this game's going to show it. Not only am I going to take Denver to win this game, I'm going to lay the full nine and a half points on the Denver Broncos. Put up or shut up. This is a game you should dominate on both sides of the ball. And if you don't, this team's in trouble. 
So let's go ahead and take the Denver Broncos at home to pick up the big win. And we're going to lay the full nine and a half points on the Denver Broncos in this game. Total is set at 43 and a half points for this one. We're going to go over this point total. I want to see Denver's offense absolutely ball out in this one. Over 43 and a half points in Denver, Houston. Let's go Broncos 31, Texans 20. They cover the minus nine and a half to the Broncos, win the game straight up, total goes over. Put up or shut up, show me. Andrew, Russell Wilson was my disappointment for week one. Both teams have chip on their shoulders with Houston, the tie against Indy, and Denver losing to Seattle. I think Russ has a bigger chip. I think he should, and especially with that first game now, the first game that matters in front of home fans in Denver. You just got paid a couple hundred million dollars or just got committed a couple hundred million dollars to you you better go out in front of that crowd and show off i'm looking for three to four total touchdowns i gotta see russ do something real impressive in that game now we have four games left so arizona in las vegas to take on the raiders both of these teams on the losing side of things from week one arizona was my upset play a a contentious upset play to upset the Chiefs in week one. That very much did not happen as Kansas City laid a cool 44 on them. Um, obviously, I don't think Arizona's defense is that bad. I think they just ran into a week one buzzsaw. So, like, I think their offense is better than what it showed in Kansas City as well. But I think they got so far down at one point that it just, it, it really shortens the playbook. There's only so many things that you can do in a game that you're losing that badly. So, or things that make sense to do in games that you're losing that badly. So, uh, it didn't shock me. I think they're better on both sides of the ball than what they showed in that one. Uh, Vegas, I mean, look, Derek Carr and Devontae Adams, looks like they play fairly well together. So, um, I think that's going to be good for Vegas moving forward. Uh, their defense, I didn't think was anything overly special although keeping the that chargers offense to 24 points had to feel pretty good they partly benefited from i think keenan allen either didn't play very much in that game or i know he's dealing with soft tissue again stop me if you've heard that before um i'm just not i'm not a believer in the raiders i'm really not i don't know what it is like they're better they're better than they were last year but I don't think that defense is much better than it was last year. And I think against good offenses, the more good offenses you have to play in a row, I, I think it's going to bear that out. And I think Arizona qualifies as a good offense. They've definitely got weapons on there that can do some damage on the scoreboard. And I think that's probably what's going to happen this week. Even though the Raiders are fairly heavy favorites in this game, they're laying five and a half points. I'm going to take Arizona here on the road in an upset win. I like Arizona to go into Vegas and get the win over the Raiders. So obviously with the Raiders laying five and a half points as a home favorite, I'm more than happy to take the five and a half on Arizona. I think this is one you take the plus five and a half one way or the other. Even if you like the Raiders to win, I think it's close enough that five and a half probably doesn't cover. So grab Arizona plus the five and a half points. Total in the game set at 51 and a half. Two good offenses. I think you're going to see a lot of points in this game. I got no problem going over on this one. Let's go over 51 and a half points in Arizona, Las Vegas. And I'm going to go like 31-30. I think this comes right down to the wire. Maybe a game-winning field goal, maybe. So let's go 31-30 to 30 
Uh, I think it's close. I think it's competitive all the way through. I just like Arizona to get the win. Uh, let's see. Uh, Gorian, Russell Wilson is a Kyler Murray type. Too small for the position they play. He's the problem on teams he plays on, holds the ball way too long. That last line, that last line I really agree with. I see it happen a lot. He holds the ball way too long in a lot of situations. And look, he's been my dynasty quarterback for six years now. He does hold the ball way too long. He takes too many sacks. That's for sure. Uh, Hopkins in out. Hopkins still out. Um, Arizona's going to get better when Hopkins comes back, but I'm just not willing to... There's a lot of people that are willing to fully fade the Cardinals until Hopkins comes back. I just don't necessarily agree with that. Uh, Vegas defense is going to be a problem for them. Arizona will pull this one out. I agree, Andrew. That's definitely the way I'm going to play this one. Chicago in Green Bay to take on the Packers. That week one for Green Bay, for my Packers. Let's take a second and talk about it. Big ups to Minnesota. Minnesota Vikings are a good football team. I'm starting to reconsider my thought that they're going to like just barely make it in the NFC playoffs. I think they may be like a comfortable wildcard team. The same thing did happen last year where Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay stunk the joint out in week one and then went on to win 13 of their next 16 games. So is the sky falling? No, definitely not. Uh, I saw some good things out of, especially Romeo Dobbs uh, or Dubes. I still haven't figured out how to pronounce the last name properly. I uh, saw some good things out of him. Uh, was about to see a great thing from Christian Watson until he, he dropped that one long bomb. But that's like, that's like the same thing that like happened with MVS early in his career. He was like the speedster who could get downfield, but had a problem with his hands. So I think Christian Watson will be fine. I think he'll certainly uh, bounce back from, you know, one drop. But it, boy, it was a critical one. <laughs> that, that could have completely changed the context of that game. Um, so it wasn't a great performance. I didn't think the defense was as good as I had hoped it was going to be right from the start of the season. I think they will get better. Um, the offense obviously was not what I hoped it would be, but they showed flashes of the things that they are fully capable of flashes of the way I really want them to use those two running backs. They flashed that in this game where they would peel Aaron Jones out wide and have A.J. Dillon as the lone back. I think A.J. Dillon is a more effective runner than Aaron Jones is, but Aaron Jones is a much more effective receiver. So I love that. The more they want to do that, peel Aaron Jones out wide, I'm all for that, especially, you know, until like Alan Lazard comes back and he's back up to speed and whatever, the more they can have uh, Aaron Jones at wide out, I think the better. I did not think they looked good. And to Chicago's credit, they did not look very good early on. But as that game wore on and as they turned the tide of that game against San Francisco, I thought they played much better. Certainly on the defensive side, but again, everything in that game was weather assisted. The field was slop. Like that was just such an awful field um, to play on. So. Look, props to them. They got the win. Um, I don't think they win that game very many times uh, if they play it over again. Um, but they got the win with the one that mattered, which is the one that they actually played. So Green Bay is a heavy favorite this week. Uh, and I understand where that comes from because, you know, historically they play very well against Chicago, especially lately. 
The game's in Green Bay, season opener at home. They're nine and a half point favorites. I like Green Bay to win this game outright. I definitely like that. So much so that Green Bay over Chicago is my gold pick. So I really like Green Bay to get the win here. Nine and a half points. I might regret this. I can't lay it. I can't lay it off of the performance that we saw in week one. I'm going to take the nine and a half points on Chicago. And I think this is a bad play, but I'm going to take it. Because is Green Bay capable of putting up 40 points and blowing them out? Absolutely. Are, do I think they're going to do that? No. Do I think they're going to get to 30 points? I don't. So if you're not going to get to 30 points, I think it's going to be tough to beat a team by at least 10. So I'm not going to lay the 9.5. We're going to take the 9.5 points. Total in the game is 42.5. I think this is a fairly comfortable over here. This is a play on the number. But uh, we're going to go over the 42.5 points in Green Bay, Chicago. We're going to go uh, Green Bay 27, Chicago 20. Still a comfortable win by a full touchdown, uh, but I'm just not going to lay the 9.5. Uh, on the Packers, we'll take plus 9.5 on the Bears. Game goes over 42.5. So, interesting. We actually have two Monday night football games this week. Which is weird that we didn't have two Monday night football games in week one. Which is usually what they like to do. But there's two Monday night football games in week two. We're going to start with Tennessee in Buffalo to take on the Bills. And I'm not going to take too much time on this. I have no faith right now in the Tennessee Titans. Exactly zero. Uh, we just watched the Buffalo Bills go to Los Angeles and curb stomp the team that won the Super Bowl last year. Or essentially the team that won the Super Bowl last year. So uh, I really like Buffalo to win this game. It would be in my platinum, gold, silver, and bronze, except I did make, I did play it this week because I know I'm going to be recording or not recording. I know I'm going to be live streaming this show on Monday night next week instead of Tuesday morning. So I made sure that the two Monday night games, I didn't have anything in my platinum, gold, silver, and bronze so that when I bring you the show next week, I have those records at least in full. So this would have been fairly high, I think, on a couple of those picks if the game wasn't on Monday night. So that's uh, that's the way we're going to play it. Obviously, Buffalo's got the long week, so they had a little bit of extra time uh, to recuperate. I, this, is, this is Buffalo's game to lose. Easy. So we're going to go ahead and grab the Bills to win this game big. How big, you ask? Well, they are laying nine and a half points, just like Green Bay is, and just like Denver is. Laying nine and a half points is a home favorite, and I have no problem in the world laying those nine and a half points on the Buffalo Bills. I think this is yet another statement game for them, so let's go ahead and lay the nine and a half points on Buffalo. Total in the game set at 49 and a half, and I was really impressed with that Bills defense. In week one, I think that continues here. We're going to go ahead and take the under on this one. Under 49 and a half points in Tennessee, Buffalo. Let's go uh, tennis, or, um, Buffalo 27, uh, Tennessee 17. So Buffalo gets the win. Uh, they lay the nine and a half points and the game stays under. Uh, let's see. Uh, Gorian. Uh, I disagree with the Raiders prediction. Must win this week. That's fair. 
especially in that division. Offense is a thing, man. AR-12 has no one. MVS left. Devontae left. Uh, Lazard did not play. Even if Lazard plays, though, he's one guy and not just anything more than a wide receiver three, really, on a good team. He might be. I think he's I think he's a boundary receiver on a few teams, but there are definitely teams where Lazard is a three, maybe even a four, to be perfectly honest. I think Rodgers is going to make Lazard look really good once he actually has a chance to play. Uh, Gorian says, lay it. I'm assuming that was on the Packers. Can't do it. Um, uh, Andrew Warren, it showed that Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay misses Devontae Adams last week. The game will be fun one to watch. I'm taking Green Bay straight up, but I do think they won't cover the nine and a half. See, here's the thing. Unless... Um, and I said this while I was watching the game, I don't know how much Devonte would have helped green Bay in that game because they were in his face. Minnesota was in Aaron Rodgers's face that entire game. The O-line did not hold up the way that it needed to. He was pressured constantly. He was on the move a lot. He was hit a lot. So, I mean, unless, unless you had David Bakhtiari out there and you had the, you know, the, the, Gee, I, I, I don't know how much of a difference he would have made a difference, but I don't know how much of a difference Devonte would have made in that game specifically. The O line there is what needs to get better. Uh, Gorian Brown's money line, Raiders money line, Bill's money line. Hey, parlay, toss those three into a parlay and tell me what, um, tell me what the odds would be on that. Cause that's interesting. Andrew, I didn't mind Tennessee going for two and not for overtime against the giants. Uh, I was impressed with their defense. I think Buffalo will win, but not cover the nine and a half. Martin, it's something that Barkley outrushed Derrick Henry. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's very notable. Saquon Barkley might be back. All right. Speaking of Minnesota, which we just did there for a second, last game of the week we have to look at the Minnesota Vikings on the road in Philadelphia taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. So Minnesota, they put 23 points on the board against Green Bay. They won that game relatively comfortably, 23-7. Philadelphia had a 17-point lead on the Detroit Lions, only wound up winning that game by three. So they definitely, their offense blew up. Look, 38 points. Their offense looked great. But they definitely took the foot off the gas and allowed Detroit to get back into that game. Maybe they did that because they felt they had the luxury to do that because of the team they were playing. Uh, if they think they have that luxury this week, they don't. They do not against the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota can very easily, very easily come up with a victory in this one. Both of these teams relatively healthy. Don't really think anybody of major significance is banged up in either one of them. I... I really don't love um, how Philly almost completely forgot that Devonta Smith is a player on their team. You know what? I think I like the upset here. I'm going to grab Minnesota. I like the Vikings on the road in Philly. Minnesota gets a big win. Start the season off 2-0. Really have the leg up early on in the NFC North. Let's take Minnesota on the road in Philly to upset the Eagles. So on the line, Philly are marginal favorites here at home at minus 1.5. What that tells me is Vegas thinks Minnesota is the better team. So I'm going to go ahead and grab Minnesota as the upset here and take the plus 1.5 on the Vikings. Total in the game set at 52.5 points. I think this thing goes over. I think the defenses are all right, but boy... I was not pleased with what I saw from the Eagles in the second half of that game. The number that they gave up to the Detroit Lions offense 
And then you look at the offensive pieces that the Vikings have. Adam Thielen hasn't gone anywhere. Justin Jefferson is almost inarguably at this point the best wide receiver in football. They've got a stud running back. They've got an RB2 behind him in Alexander Madison that can do some damage. Kirk Cousins is underrated. Let's grab the over here. Over 52.5 in Minnesota, Philadelphia. Let's go Vikings 31, Eagles 24, Minnesota with the upset win. There you have it, folks. Those are my picks for week two in NFL action. What I'll go over with you here is the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks straight up against the spread and over under for week two. So straight up, platinum pick, Baltimore over Miami. Gold pick, Green Bay over Chicago. Silver pick, the LA Rams over Atlanta. And the bronze pick, Cincinnati over Dallas. Against the spread, platinum pick, Cincinnati to cover minus six and a half. Gold pick, Tampa Bay, to cover minus two and a half. Silver pick, Baltimore, to cover minus three and a half. And bronze pick, Indianapolis, to cover minus four and a half. And on the totals, platinum pick, Washington and Detroit, to stay under 49 and a half. Gold pick, the Chargers and Chiefs, to go over 54 and a half points. The silver pick, Jets and Browns, to go over 40 and a half points. And the bronze pick, the Indianapolis Colts and the Jacksonville Jaguars, to stay under 46.5 points. Ladies and gentlemen, those are your picks for week two of NFL action. Thank you so much for joining me both in the live stream or on the VOD or on the podcast or all the great places that you can find this show. Thank you so much for the continuing support. I'm really enjoying the live streams and I'm hoping that we stick with this and I'm hoping that interest with this stays as long as humanly possible. That's it for me, Justin Bridgewater's finest on YouTube blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter fueled as always by the incredible folks at nerd Tees. week two now in the books and we will see you again for the week three show. 